good afternoon. My name is Ray Montgomery, and I'd like to welcome everyone to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And today on the podcast, we have members of the Indy Edge and also the Indy Thunder, our uh, two beatball baseball teams here in Indianapolis. So first, I want to start off with you, Toby. Could you uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you do here at Bosman, what team you're representing? Yeah, I'm Toby Gregory, and I work in the accounts payable uh, department here at Bosman. I pay bills all day. Uh, <laughs> I play with the Indy Edge, and I'm number seven. All right. All right, I'm Jared Woodard. Um, I'm here. Uh, I represent the Thunder. I work with Bosma as well. I work as an itinerant rehabilitation teacher, and I'm currently uh, finishing up my internship for orientation mobility. All right. Now, the first thing first, we're talking about beatball. So what is actually beatball? Tell me, what is, what is beatball? Uh, beatball is basically a modified version of softball. Instead of there being three bases, we only have two. Uh, first and third. There's six people in the outfield that are trying to pick the ball up off the ground um, before a runner can reach either first or third base. The batter and all six people in the field are blindfolded to make it even. Okay. So no matter if you're totally blind, you're going to still be blindfolded? I did it. <laughs> yes, that is yes. correct. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm taking your word. <laughs> Cool. So you said that um, the base is beep, and what about the ball? Actually, the ball beeps, the ball and beeps. that's B E E P. That's that's why it's called beep baseball. Beep uh, and the base is buzz. So okay, uh, the ball, you know, uh, beeps. It's not consistent. It's not constant. I mean, it's consistent, but not constant. And the bases are constant, so it's like a buzz. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're already hearing that noise all the time, so you know which way to go. That's so, correct. It's random, completely random. Whichever base comes on is the one you have to run and touch. Okay. Okay. Now, with the far as the uh, beat ball, what what kind of ball do you guys actually use when playing beat ball, baseball? Uh, it's a 16-inch softball, so um, it's much bigger than your traditional, you know, softball or baseball, and it's heavier. So it's about um, 16 inches, and it's also about 16 ounces. So it weighs about a pound. Uh, okay. Of course, with the the beeping mechanism in it. Uh, it makes it heavier, and so uh, it's it's much bigger, a little softer than say a softball or a, a baseball, okay. but it's still hard enough um, that it's not like a, a kickball or a dodgeball or anything like that. One thing that I found out that was very interesting while doing just a little research on it that the pitcher is actually on you. They want you to hit the ball. Is that? Yeah, that's correct. I actually pitch for the Thunder. Yes, uh, and the defensive coordinator, but as a pitcher. Uh, your goal, you stand at 20 feet, um, you pitch to your own team. So like you said, the goal is to get your uh, players to hit the ball. Okay. And so in baseball and softball, typically the batter has to adjust to where the pitch is. Mm-hmm. Well, in beat baseball, the goal is for the hitter to swing in the exact same spot. And so I say a cadence, set, ready, pitch. And it's a timing mechanism for uh, them to swing at the exact same spot at the exact same time to where I can put the pitch to where their swing is so they can put the ball in play. And also another difference in beat baseball is not only does it have to stay in the foul lines of first and third, but it also has to travel 40 foot uh, in in between those lines in order to be considered a fair ball. Fair so ball. if it doesn't travel 40 foot, it is a foul ball. Okay. If the pitcher wasn't on the same team as the batter, there would be no scoring in our game because then the pitcher could just throw curveballs and all kinds of different pitches. Right. And the batter would never see the ball because he's blindfolded and would never hit it. That is true. That is true. So what about um, an individual who has never seen or 
never played baseball of any uh, sort, uh, do you find that they have more trouble learning how to swing or get the concept down? Um, it really varies. So mm-hmm. if somebody has their congenitally blind, meaning they have never seen in their life, you know, uh, right. They typically do really well with fielding uh, the ball while it's beeping out on the defense and tracking, tracking the base, so they don't really have any missed bases. So the base is under 100 foot, 10 foot off the foul line, and you have to touch it to be considered, you know, here. Um, and so the goal is for the defense to, of course, pick it up before then. Right. But um, what I've kind of noticed is that those who have had vision throughout their life, especially good vision for a long time before they lost it, typically have a good idea of what uh, swing mechanics you know to make a good swing good swing techniques yes but struggle kind of they may miss more bases they may struggle a little more to pick up the defensive side of the ball mm-hmm. um and so yeah a lot of uh it is you know being a hitting coach as a pitcher you know you kind of have to be a, a hitting coach to try to get somebody to swing con- as consistent as possible correct and it, another difference in beatball is in baseball and softball you don't want to pop up in beat ball, you absolutely want to put the ball in the air because if the ball's in the air, they can't field it, you know. Okay. And so the goal is to have pop ups and beat baseball, opposed to you know baseball and softball. You want line drives and grounders, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get through the gaps. So are, are there gloves? Do you guys use a glove when you're in the outfield? Um, that's mm-hmm. it's not mandatory by any okay. means, and honestly, it's pretty rare. I mean, yes. there are a few uh, that play really well. I can think of Fabiano from the Edge, Danny Fabiano that plays with the glove and does it well. And I can think of uh, number 55 from Taiwan okay. that plays with the glove and does it very well. His name is Mr. Chu. But for the most part, I would say 90, 95% of the league doesn't use uh, a glove. Okay. Because when you said something about just fielding, I mean, when you have to, you have the spotters out there who are also sighted, correct? That is correct. And, and they, so the spotters, you know, you, you traditionally set yourself up just like in baseball in Pretty much the same position, as, as consistent as possible, so you have field awareness and where everybody else is at and what zones you're covering. Mm-hmm. And we break the field down into zones. And so different teams do different ones, but I'm pretty sure us and the edge both use one is the foul lines and then six is up the middle. So that can, zone can be called, you know, either on the right field side, uh, three, four, five, six, you know, it could be one, two, three, mm-hmm. to, wherever that zone is. Um, and of course... Not going to get that right every time. The idea is for the spotters to be there to not only uh, set up the players, but to give them an idea of yes. uh, what direction the ball is traveling. Because I know um, fielding has to be a little difficult. Uh, if you don't know a ball is coming your way, how do you prepare for an outfield to catch a ball in the outfield or to field the ball? Well, tell me you know. Uh, well, you kind of know it's coming at you because you can hear the tone of the ball. Yeah. And, you know, just like anything else, as it's coming towards you, it's getting louder and, right. you know, uh, very fast. And sometimes, especially when we play the Thunder, those balls uh, are coming quickly. <laughs> Man. So, what uh, other rules I found was it very interesting is that it's silent. The people don't really cheer a lot when you're dealing with beatball. And, uh, could you explain a little bit why that is? People are kind of silent. I kind of compare it to like a golf crowd. Uh, we're okay with noise after the play is over. But when the play is going on, it's imperative for everyone on the field that's trying to field and the batter to be able to hear the bases and the ball. Mm-hmm. So if there's a crowd and they're making tons of noise, you can't hear it. And, you know, you're just exactly. giving the other team a run virtually. Right. So there is a lot of cheering just yeah. after the play's over. Yeah. You know, it, it definitely erupts after the safer out is called. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, that's just something people need to be aware of if they ever want to attend a beat ball tournament. You don't know, be yes. out there yelling and screaming <laughs> and exactly. stuff like that. But one other thing I found very interesting was you guys don't play on the traditional baseball field. So you guys maybe use like soccer fields or mm-hmm. open yeah. areas? Soccer fields. We, we typically, we don't want any brick dust. You know, most right. softball, baseball fields have brick dust in the infield. Uh, we want grass, you know, right. as flat as possible. You know, a lot of soccer fields... Uh, kind of have a hump in the middle and drain, just kind of like a roadway. And so um, it's kind of hard to find something that's really flat. I mean, if you go out and look in anybody's backyard or anything, there's going to be some type of water flow somewhere. But as flat as possible is the best, yeah. Mm -hmm. So typically soccer fields. We need about 200 foot by 250 feet Mm -hmm. to to have enough room to field it because the bases are 100 foot, the home run line's at 170. And so when you consider the, the base pats, you know, the bases are 10 feet off the foul line, you need about 200 by 250 feet. That just gives that person who's running more independence and, you know, don't have to worry about running into, um, you know, chairs or whatever else may be out there. So that just really provides more independence and also safety. And that's of kind of what I uh, love most about the game. You know, like as a pitcher, you get a help somebody else uh, crush a ball, you know, mm-hmm. and get them to score a run. You get help them be successful. But yeah. also, you know, as somebody who's visually impaired, especially if they have really low vision or no vision at all, um, you don't really have a lot of opportunities. You know, you see all the time where they run marathons or right. um, they do track. Yeah. Most of the time that's with a guide, somebody right. either saying right, left, or mm-hmm. even holding onto their elbow or a guide wire. Right. And beat baseball, once you hit that ball and that base flips on, it's on you, you know, mm-hmm. the, you have open space, you can, you run as fast as you can, and there's not a lot of times that you get that independence that's, of somebody that's, that's with great. low vision. That's great, that's great. One other thing I'd like to really touch on real quick, tell me, maybe you could uh, touch on this, volunteerism. How important are volunteers when dealing with beatball? Our volunteers for beatball are crucial to our sport. We couldn't do our sport without them. Uh, we need volunteers for multiple purposes, and we appreciate every single one of them that we get, we can get, and would love to have more involved if anybody would be interested. So how would they, how would a person contact, you know, the Indy Edge or the Indy Thunder to volunteer to, you know, be a, to be a volunteer? Well, there's a few different ways. And so, like, for the Indy Edge, I know they have a Indy Edge uh, Facebook page. Okay. The Indy Thunder also have a, a, a Facebook page. But um, also, if you really wanted to contact, say you're listening to this and you're not even in Indianapolis, say you're in a different part of the country, uh, if you go to our league website, which is the National League Baseball Association, it's nbba.org, and there will be a list of teams. And uh, in those teams, it'll have the contact information for each team, which may be in your area. I mean, there's teams in Boston, Austin, Colorado, you know, all over Texas. Uh, And so if you find something that's close to your area, you can contact them. And then also the... uh, the Thunder have a, their own website. It's thunderbeatball.org. And, of course, that's beep with two E's and a P. So, um, Indy Edge uh, is a Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And uh, you could always call Bosman, ask him to contact Toby Gregory or James Michaels or anyone like that, and they can get you in touch with uh, the coach and all that. Well, I definitely want to thank you guys. And I know that uh, Bosman Enterprises is a big sponsor of the Indy Edge and also the Thunder and definitely – like the work that you guys have been doing and bringing people together with the beatball. So I definitely want to thank, and also just thank Toby and Jerry for coming back on the podcast here. <laughs> and I want to thank Vosma, you know, like, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Toby does too. You know, they've been sponsoring us for probably the last decade or so. And it allows us, we just got back from Chicago this weekend, yeah. you know, and, and the donation that we received from Bosma, 
could pay for us to go to that tournament. You yeah. know, it does pay for us to go to that tournament. So, I mean, greatly appreciate it. Because you guys and travel a lot. It's not just the donation that Mosley gives us. It's the support that they give us. You know, they understand that we may need to take off a little early to be able to travel to get to these Oh, events. absolutely. They allow us that time. Mm-hmm. They allow us time off for the World Series. And I actually think you guys even use the Bosma van to go to Chicago. Our team does borrow the uh, Bosma vehicle and they uh, drive it to different tournaments and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's definitely great. I definitely like that work that you guys have been doing. Once again, thank you guys and thank Bosma for being a huge sponsor of the Beatball and things of that nature. So if anybody wants any more information, please visit us on the website, bosma.org backslash sports. And also, just keep staying tuned to the podcast, and we'll get more information for you. So, uh, thank you guys, and uh, you're listening to Navigating Blindness Podcast. Thanks, Ray.